Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA, but don't forget our official beer, the Pater IPA, is available in Funk's tasting rooms, beer distributors, and grocery stores right now. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, football is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores and giveaways all season long bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like major league baseball mma tennis boxing and even golf head to betonline.ag today to join and receive your 100 welcome bonus with your first deposit make sure to use the promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your rewards Pater is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts. One has the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy, blue, and black. And the other is a navy blue t-shirt. It has the Pater wordmark over the heart. And on the back, circa the 2012 Penn State football season, it has Matt McGloin's name and number. It's very fitting as this season of Nittany Lion football market the 10-year anniversary of that team. Again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.believe.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts. And of course, we want to thank you all for tuning in on ESPN Radio State College, as well as checking out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, which is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of the show at ESPN Radio 1037 at McGloin QB11 and at Tom Hannafin. Matt, we're into the bye week. This is a, a, a lull here in what has already been a pretty good season. Definitely some concerns along the way through September and dipping into October a little bit. There's a lot that still has to happen. But right now, Penn State is sitting pretty. 5-0, and number 10 overall in the country. Uh, we're still kind of collecting ourselves after that victory against Northwestern. I know I am because I physically went to that game and <laughs> it was freezing. It was wet. I've watched it back since and I don't understand how anybody was holding on to the ball so there's part of me that you know in response to that win for Penn State is it almost a mulligan for some of the mistakes that were happening like you've lived through rainy conditions like that like did you look at it that way or is there still some things that you're like eh, no that's symptomatic that's Big Ten football that's what you sign up for that's why you play in the Big Ten rain snow sleet icy conditions windy conditions the, the frozen ground uh you know, uh, a wet football. That's the Big Ten. And for me, when I look at it, Tom, it's the same for both teams. 
it, it is it is what it is, and that's part of playing the game. That's part of being a quarterback, a running back, a tight end, um, a wide receiver in the Big Ten, right? You have to be able to handle those conditions, right? You do wet ball drills at practice, right? If you're expecting rain on Saturday, then Monday through Friday, um, you know, usually after practice, or, or sometimes even during individual drills and things like that. You have somebody just dump water, pour water on the football. You practice snaps with it. You practice throwing with it. Practice handling the football in those wet conditions. So the time you get to Saturday, it's already like, all right, well, this doesn't even matter because I, I, I've already prepared for this moment. It's not new. You don't have to go out there and say, oh, man, it's, you know, the ball's really wet. Like, yeah, you no knew kidding. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, but what one thing, you know, I, I took away from that game, Tom, is that, you know, well, well, two really one. They're fortunate that it was Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Fortunate Northwestern is really struggling as a football team right now. And, and two, it was a there's there's a lot of lessons to take away from that game, especially from these young players. How to how to carry the football in games like that. Understanding ball security is crucial in a game like that. Right? You, you see someone to come and attack you. Put two hands on the football. Right? Don't focus on. You know, I don't know, trying to get creative and things like that. Like, you know, the conditions are tough. Try to get positive yards, protect the football. I thought watching that game, um, hats off to Manny Diaz. Obviously, the defense was outstanding for Penn State, considering how many opportunities they'd given Northwestern with an, a multitude of turnovers. I was really impressed with the way this defense stiffened, much like last year's team. We talked about last year's defense, bend but don't break. And they were put in a lot of those situations, especially late in the game, the goal line stand to hold on to the lead and then ultimately just kind of burn out the rest of that clock. So I think Manny Diaz and the defense deserve the, uh, you know, the proverbial MVP for the entire unit. When you look on the offensive side of the ball, there's a lot of stuff in terms of play design from Mike Yursich that I genuinely liked. I thought there were some things that Yursich was doing in terms of leaning into it's like, hey, let's just run the ball. And Dan Orlovsky of ESPN was saying it on the air is that you got to just pick your best running plays and go with it. A lot of it's out of the shotgun. A lot of it is out of some bunch formations, which seem to work. But then there was also a great deal of confusion that Penn State created for Northwestern in coverage that really worked out for them. And I credit the play design for the Brenton Strange touchdown in the first half yeah. was really beautiful. What did you see, especially from the way Yursich and then Sean Clifford were executing throughout this game? Yeah, you know, like we talked about that in the preview episode, Tom, like leading up to the game. Like it's got to be a basic game plan. It's got to be one of those game plans where, you know, we're going to run the football. Here's what we do well. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It doesn't have to be anything exotic. The the whole playbook doesn't need to be at your disposal. Keep the game plan simple. You have to run the ball in a game like that. And I I love the fact that they're starting to get more and more creative now with their tight ends. Um and it seems like they're fine with it because that has been the question mark for weeks now. It's who's number three wide receiver, who's number four wide receiver. It doesn't seem like they care in even finding out with the way these tight ends are catching the football in the pass game. Um, so, I mean, I fully expect Yursich, I fully expect Sean Clifford to continue to find those guys, um, to get more creative with those guys as, as the weeks go on here. And now, Tom, this bye week here, um, th- this is a week in which you can do some self-evaluation, obviously, over the past five weeks, right? What have we done well? What could we be doing more of? Could we continue now just to say, listen, we've got Parker, w- w- we've got Tinsley, um, 
let's just get these tight ends involved more. Yeah, we'll use Lambert Smith. We'll use these wideouts in certain situations here. But again, it is what it is for us at this point in time. These wide receivers are doing a great job in the past game. Let's just continue to incorporate those guys more. But it's also a great time to go back to training camp as well and say, all right, you know, uh, we, we thought this was going to be a big portion of our offense moving forward. Is there anything else we'd like during training camp that, you know, we thought we'd use more throughout the first weeks of the season and we haven't? Now's a good, now's a good chance to kind of revisit that and say, all right, we, we do have some new stuff we're going to put in here. Let's see what sticks. Let's see what works well. And let's see what does. Yeah. Uh, Keandre Lambert Smith has been a little bit banged up. I was really impressed with the way Harrison Wallace stepped up. Granted, rainy conditions, it's difficult for any wide receiver. It's diff- difficult for the quarterback just to deliver the ball. So I think Harrison Wallace has stepped up very nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to this bye week, and you've lived through these, um, something James Franklin talked about earlier in the week during his press conference conference with the media was that the schedule kind of goes like this is that there was going to be practice Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday and then the coaches, the you know head coaches, coordinators, some position coaches pretty much all leave state college for the weekend and begin on a recruiting mission for as long as they can uh, muster during that time. And then they come back and they begin the full week of preparation for Michigan. Uh, James Franklin has said this is not only a chance in this bye week to get ready for Michigan, but also get ready for some other opponents that are down the road. Um, Probably more crunching numbers. It's something you can give to a GA or some special assistance or something like that that doesn't necessarily require the attention of the head coach and the offensive coordinators. Um, When you hear that type of schedule, what memories does it bring back for you in regards to bye weeks? (laughs) Well, they should be feeling good. You know, it's, you definitely have different types of bye weeks, Tom. It's ones you go into feeling really good about like, oh man, we're five and all, you know, we've done a great job so far. We won these games we've had to win. It's nice to kind of get a little mental break here and reset where we can go out in the field and experiment a little bit here. You know, hey, I like that concept. Yurcich, I, 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 I'm not sure I'm liking this concept right now. You know what I liked that we ran throughout, you know, week one and week two that we haven't run throughout the past week season is this concept. Let's see if we can find a way to put this back in, um, but maybe use Tinsley with it. Maybe use the tight ends with it. You know, just trying to change things up, add dressings to certain things. So it's the same things for you. But it looks different, and it's tougher for defense to uh, to prepare for. And I've also had bye weeks, Tom, where you can't wait for it to be over because you want to get back out there and play again <laughs> because you know you're you're either lost a few games, um, you know, or you're just you know you're, you're ready to get back out in the field. Um, but it's definitely they're in a position right now where they can control what happens next. And during a bye week, that's the position that you want to be in. Right, get in the training room. You know, get in the weight room. Take care of your bodies. Right. It also doesn't hurt, Tom, just to step away for a second. Right. You don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, just you know, step away from the facility, step away from everything, and just kind of relax because what they have ahead of them is not easy. And when you know that, right, you just you you need that break. So it's important Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to be extremely crisp to work on a few things, to get out of these pre-practices feeling really good about yourself. 
but then it's also good to take a breath and take a step back and just try to relax before you have to play Michigan, Minnesota, and Ohio State. Considering the ups and downs of the season already, you know, the Purdue win was yeah. giving me gray hairs, and I'm sure everybody involved in the staff, <laughs> and I was like, oh, we pulled out that win. That, that's great on the road to open up the season, Big Ten play. You take care of business against Ohio, U as expected. You blow out Auburn, and I think that was unexpected. Now that a couple of weeks have gone by, we kind of we know what Auburn is, and Auburn is not what uh, Auburn has been in the past. Then you have two games against Central Michigan and against Northwestern. Granted, you understand the weather uh, with the Northwestern game, but two games that were wins that weren't exactly inspiring. So uh, to your point, you're thrilled to be going into the bye with uh, a 5-0 and record because if you'd lost that game to Northwestern, um, granted, they are that type of team that can drag you down to their level and with the the elements the way they were, you would have uh, maybe understood if that kind of went the way of the Illinois loss last season. But th- there are a lot of things in the last two weeks where this bye week was really necessary. They needed this moment here to pull up. What do you want to see differently on the other side of this yeah. you know it's funny i was on the i was on the phone the other day with a friend of mine who was a big penn state fan we were talking about the season you know thus far and i said they've experienced things throughout the first five weeks of the season that some teams don't experience throughout 12 weeks yes you know, you're right <laughs> winning in tough environments on the road playing in difficult conditions you know expecting first year players to step up and make big plays for them, counting on those guys and taking that chance and taking that risk and trusting what you've seen throughout the spring, summer, and training camp and saying, all right, we think these guys can do it. And then having them go out there, you know, be able to perform the way they've performed, uh, building depth on the defense, Tom. Because again, that's 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 always a question mark in the Big Ten, too. It's like, yeah, they're good, they're talented, but do they have do they have depth? Right. Penn State's proved they've had they have depth defensively, and that's what's going to carry them defensively throughout these next three difficult games that uh, that they're going to have to play. You know, for me, looking back, what do I want to see moving forward? What do I expect to see moving forward? You know, I, I expect them to have no problem playing in Ann Arbor. I, I really, really don't, Tom. You know, what we saw from this team um, at Auburn, at Purdue was really great to be honest with you early in the season to be able to communicate the way they, the way they they communicated to be way uh, the way they handled crowd noise um handle that environment and that goes back to Sean like that goes back to Sean and how he's been able you know to do that really throughout his career he's played in tough environments before he's played you know in the big house before so I expect them to be firing on all cylinders there from you know snap one through snap you know 70. So I don't think the environment will be difficult uh, for them. You know, I, I think what I want to see, you know, from the offense is more consistency, right? I, I don't want to see, you know, a drive stall and drive stall, but then you score. But then the next drive, you're kind of scratching your head like, what was that mm-hmm. there, right? You know, you, you kind of, that, that's what I'd like to see is that more consistency, um, aspect from the offense, drive in and drive. I'm not saying they need to score three or they need to score six every single time. Um, but the, the stuff where you know, you're know you yelling at the TV, Tom, or you're thinking to yourself, I'm not sure what that call was there. I'm not sure what they were thinking there or there. Um, you know, that, that's what I want to see moving forward. Um, so it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. You know, They certainly have their work cut off. The Minnesota at least looks human now. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's a good... Again, it's a good Purdue team, Tom. <laughs> we got to get a t-shirt. It's a good Purdue team. <laughs> That's a good Purdue team, Tom. They may win the West. 
Uh, but no, this is like this. This is a much needed bye week before you know those those three tough games coming up. Looking back at the last couple of games, I still have concerns about the offensive line. Yeah. And I, I understand the, the weather for the Northwestern game. I will continue to say that was an issue. But the issues of the running game were still prevalent in that you're seeing Kevon Lee, Nick Singleton, Katron Allen have to break multiple tackles at the line of scrimmage to have success. Do you see them having success against the teams that they have to face, especially in October, Michigan, Minnesota, and Ohio State. And that's not to say the slate in November is, you know, a, a cakewalk. Yeah, and that's a great question. Um, I, I don't see them having as much success, you know, against those three, three, three teams, obviously, as we've seen them have earlier in this season. Now, I'm not sitting here saying the offensive line needs to drastically change. They need to do this and they need to do that and they need to become this throughout this bye week so that they can beat those mm-hmm. teams. I think what we've seen is that this running back group is talented enough to be able to make up for how, you know, this offensive line struggles. Or Obviously, they're not one of the better ones in the Big Ten, but if Tom, if they can just continue to get a little bit better week in, week out, and hover in the middle of the pack in terms of offensive lines in the Big Ten, you have enough talent at the running back position where if you just give these guys a crease, if you give them an inch, they're good enough to win with speed. guy like Catron Allen is good enough to win with consistency. Nick Singleton is good enough that if you give him a step, he can take it to the house. And Keevon Lee is experienced enough to be understand how to read blocks, know who's in front of him, what to look for defensively, where he can continue to help make an impact as the season goes on. So, like, it's, you know, the, the, the offensive line doesn't, like, if they just continue to stay the course, Tom, let's just say that. Keep doing what they've been doing, kind of just, you know, going about their their game under the radar. Right. Let's say, right? Because we're talking a lot about the defense, running backs, things like that. They just keep doing their thing. I think they'll they'll, they'll have a chance, you know, um, you know, with this run game continuing to uh, to perform well as the weeks go on. I, I'm not personally losing too much sleep over the fumbles uh, we saw from every running back against Northwestern. Again, the elements. A lot of credit to that <laughs> Northwestern defense. Uh, I'm laughing at every running back. Oh, and every. <laughs> I, I mean, when you said it's, that, yeah. it's the truth. I and mean, we'll get to more <laughs> about the running backs here in a second. But I mean, the, the way that the Northwestern defenders adjusted in the rain and were driving their helmet to the point of the ball was excellent. Give credit to them. I, we talked about in the pregame uh, preview show, you and I, how talented Bryce Gallagher, the linebacker, is. So I thought he was outstanding. Um, and then especially how ticked off James Franklin was on the sideline. You better believe this week and next week, ball security is going to be pounded into their heads. So I'm not too worried about that long term. One thing that I saw come up a lot, you know, watching this game back and seeing uh, you know, a lot of articles written, the reviews on social media, et cetera, is that the fatigue regarding Sean Clifford is maybe at an all-time high. And I, again, will say this was a rainy, nasty ball game, and I want to hear from you on this in terms of how, as a quarterback, do you exist in those elements? Because I played high school quarterback in a terrible you know, level of football in Connecticut. I can't imagine what you dealt with. Yeah. There's certain routes that you just know you can't hit because of the way that you might have to palm the ball 
if you're seeing this on YouTube, you kind of have to flatten your hand or if you're just straight up and down with it as you normally would, you know you're not going to get the grip on it. But how do you feel when you watch what Sean did? He was 10 out of 20. Yeah, no, look, those conditions are, di- are are certainly difficult to play in. But again, like that's that, that's what you sign up for. It is what it is. It, for you to be a well-rounded, good quarterback, consistent quarterback, week in and week out in the Big Ten, doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. You have to not adjust your game, but you have to be prepared for the elements, right? Do you want to wear a glove? Do you not want to wear a glove? I never wanted to wear gloves, right? I always wanted to be able to feel the football. And, you know, and it's a mental thing, too, that, you know, when you get the ball and you know it's wet and you know it's rainy, the last thing you want to do is over grip because when you over grip, that's when it slips out, right? Continue to main that little, that little opening in your hand when you're holding the football, right? Focus more, dial in more, right? And just keep doing your thing. Like you don't, don't overthink it. When you overthink it, that that's when the ball floats, it flutters, right? It takes a nosedive. It's when you're in inaccurate time. And the only thing like I can think of is that like I I I would try in certain certain routes, certain concepts, things like that. Think I would always try to throw it to the guy, and I know that sounds stupid. Like, well, isn't that the idea? To throw it to the guy. Well, I'm not trying to you know lead him it's or anything like that. I'm, I'm trying to put it on you. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm throwing you a curl route, I'm trying to put it right in the chest. I'm not necessarily concerned with an offset throw. And by offset throw, I mean right shoulder, left shoulder, anything like that. I'm trying to make it just as easy as you to catch it because I understand your gloves may be wet, your hands may be wet right here. Now, if I put a ball on your right shoulder because the defender's on your left shoulder, right? I know the chances of it slipping right through your hands, right? Or more than it would be on a dry day, right? So I'm trying to put it right in your gut, right on the numbers. If you have to cradle it and catch it, Right, it's still a completion. I'd rather a completion tackle for nine yards than the you know a possibility of you being able to get maybe twelve or thirteen or fourteen with putting it on a shoulder. Um, but even with running backs too, right? Face ba- face mask or lower, right? Same thing for those guys as well. It's understanding who you're throwing to, who you can trust in those situations, how how good a guy's hands are um, in the elements as well. Um, so it's. It's like it's hard to explain, Tom, but it's just one of those things where you have to have a feel for mm-hmm. it, right? And like for, again, you know, Clifford grew up in Ohio, you know, so he should you know understand what it's like to play in play in tough weather conditions and and know what it's like to you know deal with that. And on top of that, too, Tom, like say something to the ref, but like, yo, I need another football, right? This ball's wet. Give me another ball. Give me another ball. They were talking here. about during the broadcast that at least the northwestern side had run out of dry towels like within two quarters or something like that. So I imagine it was similar for Penn State. Now, the, the thing for me, Matt, was watching Sean. It was what we continue to see from Sean. The highs are high and the lows are low. And it's just inconsistent. And you talk about touch passes. There were some touch passes that Sean nailed. The touchdown to Brenton Strange was absolutely a touch pass as he had to fit it in a window where the zone coverage was. He did an excellent job. There was a corner route that he hit in the second half for a good 30-plus yard gain that I couldn't believe they even thought about pulling off that type of route. And he put it right over the receiver's shoulder. I'm blanking on who caught it, but it was a beautiful pass. And then there were more instances of dropping back, throwing off the back foot, throwing the ball into coverage, stuff that's been symptomatic of his entire career. And I want to ask you this question because Dan Orlovsky, again, of ESPN was on the call and he made a very uh, good point. I thought in regards to who Sean Clifford is as a quarterback. 
And Orlovsky said something to the effect of, Sean Clifford is not at his best when he has to drop back and dissect coverage. He is best when he is a play-action quarterback. When you hear that, what do you think? I mean, I understand the point that that he's trying to make. Um, it, 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 it's hard to explain, Tom, because if I'm, if I'm doing deep play action or something like that, we're calling it for a reason. I'm getting bite from a safety. I'm getting bite from a linebacker. And chances of me throwing a deep crossing route or deep post, something like that, are, are pretty good. Like I, I know if we're doing play action, again, I, I have a pretty good idea where I'm going with it. Coverage-wise, like... I think I know what I'm getting. There's always a chance of rotation at the snap, changing covers, me having to adjust or adapt, me understanding progressions, going through progressions. It, it just seems like sometimes Sean takes a little longer to process the information, right? Holding on to the ball, hitch, 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 then making a decision rather than getting to the point, Tom, where it's like, listen, it's covered too. It's here to here to here, and that's it. Right, that's how you play fast. You got to be able to recognize, see, and process it. Um, and Tom, you're like you're gonna get fooled, right? Like, like that was like that's what they say all the time in the NFL. Like, they have, you got to remember those guys get paid too, mm-hmm. right? The defenders get paid too. Like, so it's like you're gonna get fooled, but it's like it's one of those things where you get the ball and you're like, ah, you got me. All right, I'm good. Move on. Find your check down. Find the safe nets. Throw. You know, live to play another day. Right or another down, so that that's kind of I, I get what he's saying with that, um, but I mean it's it's just and that goes back to working with Yursich as well too. It, it, it's got to go back for me to situational stuff. What do they do? What do they do well? What are the chances I'm getting this on first and ten? What are the chances I'm getting this on second and four? You know, going through third downs, going through red zone. I, I'm I'm prepared for this coverage. Um, this is what I'm expecting. But if I don't break the huddle, snap, get under there and see it, I got to be able to like, all right, now I'm adjusting to this. They're taking that route away. I may need an audible alert or anything like that, or just work a different side of the field or work a different route. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball every fan is covered head over to their website smackapparel.com and use the promo code paydirt at checkout for 10 percent off again that's smackapparel.com promo code paydirt at checkout why wear boring when you can wear smack are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care then maestro's classic is perfect for you maestro's has beard washes beard oils beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt15, paydirt15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestros Classic, crafting a better you. 
There's a lot of things uh, that can certainly be improved upon. Uh, a lot of Penn State fans, obviously, since he was recruited, have been calling for Drew Aller. And if anything, what I'm looking at is that Drew Aller's gotten a taste of what this level of football is like I'm at Purdue, at Auburn, against Ohio, against Central Michigan. Okay, you can put that in a nutshell. It's about to be completely different for Drew Aller if he gets into the Michigan, Minnesota, or Ohio State game. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but that's look, that's what, you know, it's it's got to be tough on Sean too. like knowing you're five and oh, knowing you've been the quarterback for four years now there and yet they're still calling for somebody else. Right. For how tough this game already is on you physically and mentally to have a crowd chant in somebody else's name um, to have. You know, basically, you know, you know, a good a good amount of fans want to see another quarterback in there. Uh, it definitely takes a toll on you mentally. It does, um, but you know, it, it's it's his show. It's his job. Um, you know, and and they're you know, they're going to continue to be in games and continue to have a chance to win football games with Sean as the quarterback. But again, and I'll say this, and then we can move on. We talked about this weeks ago, Tom. Right, maybe before even the season even started, or maybe no, maybe after week one or week two, it was if it's a situation where they're playing Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State, or something like that, and it's ten nothing Michigan, fourteen nothing Michigan, seventeen nothing Michigan. From what we've seen, I would not. Again, I'm just reminding everyone. I wouldn't be surprised if the offense isn't doing anything. All right, fifteen. Go ahead. We'll see what happens. Uh, so let's talk about some roster news that has cropped up this week. I talked about it a little bit before in regards to running backs. It's pretty clear. It's Nick Singleton, Katron Allen, and Kevon Lee. Um, it was announced about an hour after the Northwestern game ended by James Franklin that Devin Ford is no longer with the team. Um, the uh, suspicion is that he is going to be transferring. Uh, no surprise for me. What do you think? Yeah, you know, that's a bit shocking to me as well, because um, when, when we had the chance, you know, as part of the Big Ten crew, when we had the chance to talk to James and talk to Yersich, you know, they, they spoke highly of Devin Ford, you know, and, and, and again, right, he's, he's part of your team, um, part of that running back room, but they talk, what I mean by they talked highly of him was they were saying like he's a team guy, right, there, there are no egos in that running back room. Um, you know, he's somebody that was helping the younger players kind of as assume that leader role on the team, um, and has delivered when called upon. Um, you know, so that, that for me, it was a little bit shocking to see that, you know, he's either staying as a student or he's going to transfer to another school, Tom, but, but at the same time, you know, you, you look at the type of recruit he was, you know, the type of potential that he does have, um, you know, and as a competitor, you always feel like you can do more. And I think what these, what these, what these student athletes are seeing now, Tom, is all right. Well, this guy transferred to this school, and now he's getting twenty-five carries a game. Mm-hmm. This guy transferred to this school, and you know he's splitting reps with this guy. Or this guy transferred to this school, and he could potentially become the next Kenneth Walker. Right. right? I, so I think when you see that. You know, it certainly makes the grass look a little bit greener. So, I mean, whatever happens, you know, best of luck to him. I mean, he's he's a good athlete. The talent's there. The speed's there. 
Um, it's just it's unfortunate for a guy like him, man, because that that running back at room at Penn State right now is loaded. Yeah, and, and what Devin was putting on tape this season was good. He just needs really the chance good. to get more tape. So if transferring is right for him, good. And, and it's not just talent alone either. It's like your your head coach, your coordinator were speaking extremely high of yes. you. Right? It's not like you got into a game and you know it's just like oh, that dude doesn't want to be here. Like he made plays within the in the few plays that he was in week in and week out. So like if I'm if I'm another coach and I'm like, oh, this guy, you know, he played a lot of football at Penn State. Seems like he's a leader. Seems like he's a good guy. Just couldn't catch a break at Penn State. Yeah, we we, we definitely want to take a look at him. Mm-hmm. So there's there's no doubt if he does decide to continue to play, he'll he'll land on his feet and be fine. You talked about the potential of Devin Ford. Potential is a word that summarizes most of the defensive line crop for Penn State, and it certainly summarizes what Smith Vilbert is all about. Um, it was announced earlier this week by James Franklin that Smith Vilbert is quote unavailable for the rest of the season. Um, that is very unfortunate because you and I talked about it in the lead up to this season that Vilbert and a number of other players that we're seeing really emerge now was one of those guys that had a lot of hype behind him, a lot of potential, yeah. and it just hasn't been realized yet. Yeah, it's, you know, one of those things where it's just, you know, uh, I asked, I actually asked that question uh, before the Central Michigan game. I was like, yeah, is there an update on, you know, Smith Vilbert or, or Kaziah? or anything like that. And they're like, oh, nothing at this time. I'm like, okay. So, you know, it's unfortunate. Um, it is. There's there's definitely a lot of talent there. And, you know, Smith Vilbert did did some pretty good things, you know, over, over the past three years. Um, right. Had that incredible Outback Bowl game. Um, Last season, so, yeah. I mean, is he just – is is he going to stay on the team or is he just not available for the season? Is he injured, Tom? Do you know – Well, you know how James it? Franklin likes to play. Yeah. The word unavailable yeah. can cover a lot of things. It could be uh, yeah. an injury potentially. It could be a disciplinary thing. The guy could be transferring, yeah. could have some personal or academic issues. You, you just Sometimes you just don't know. Yeah, what about Izzard as well? Anything? Izzard, Izzard is He'll back. Be, uh, according Izzard to James back, Franklin right? earlier yeah. this week, Izzard is back into the rotation in practice. Yeah. So uh, I think that's a nice boost. And honestly – it's just so it's super competitive now along the defensive line for Penn State. Well, here's the thing too: Izzard started seven games, you know, last year. So it's not somebody that it's just like, all right, he's back. You know, we'll mix him in. Like if he's back, he's back for me. Like it's it's like if he was dealing with an injury or dealing with with something, it's not like we don't expect you to just. And from seeing what Manny Diaz has been able to do over the weeks, Tom, it doesn't seem like you can be half in or half out or just get reps here or there. If you're part of this defense and you're part of the 28 deep, that, you know, that thing. No, you're not kidding. No, you're not kidding. You're, you're rolling. You're rolling. Like you're going. You're 100% going. Um, so, and another thing that's good is like for Izzard, like if, if you've been practicing or not been practicing or whatever, Tom, like this is a good week to kind of get back to your baseline, get back to wherever you were and say, all right, needed this bye week. Now I'm good. Let's start game planning. I feel really good and excited about playing moving forward. So that's a nice, uh, a nice return, a chance for a lot of guys to kind of heal up uh, a couple of yeah. uh, bumps and bruises along the way this season. So luckily no 
major earth shattering injury. So you know, keep our fingers crossed in that. Um, I do want to look ahead a little bit to this weekend, Matt, and just kind of get your rapid fire kind of take on these big 10 matchups. And we're going to review um, some of the games from this past weekend, especially in respect to the Michigan game. Once we get to our preview episode of Penn State versus Michigan, that'll be airing uh, middle of next week. And then obviously the Friday before on ESPN Radio State College. Um, so first off, this Friday night, October 7th, um, it's Nebraska at Rutgers, Nebraska two and three, Rutgers three and two. How do you feel about that one? I think Rutgers gets that game. You know, Rutgers is doing this uh, like Jersey boardwalk type pregame atmosphere that they do now, um, you know, out and around their stadium. It's part of like the tailgating thing, which I think is awesome, man. Like that's what makes college football so great is that every one of these schools has their own right, right tailgame or excuse me, tailgate pregame type thing that they do. Mm-hmm. But that's that's what brings people out, man. Yeah. That That's what people want to experience. They want the entertainment aspect of it, right? They want that atmosphere. They, they want to enjoy game day. So that was awesome that Rutgers started that off this year. Um, but look, that's a good football team. They're certainly on their way. They're playing really good defensively. Um, but I think I think Rutgers is going to be able to win that game. Uh, moving ahead to Saturday, the eighth, Purdue visits Maryland. Purdue just beat <laughs> Minnesota, and Maryland's four and one, and they're looking legit. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good offense. Um, that that might be one of the better games of the week, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of one of those underrated games, right? Because neither one of those teams are are ranked. Maryland gets beat by Michigan. Purdue loses to Penn State and Syracuse. But again, Purdue uh, P- Purdue is still the team of the West Town. But you look at Maryland. Even I said this before the year started. I said Maryland will beat somebody they're not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Right now, you, you may look like they're certainly favored in that game, Maryland. Um, you know, I think I think Purdue wins that game, but moving forward, Maryland will beat somebody on their schedule that will shock the big time. Hey, Maryland only lost to Michigan uh, by seven. Um, they yep. are only favored by minus three uh, at yep. home against yep. Purdue, so it speaks to the ability of your favorites, the Boilermakers. Uh, <laughs> also on Saturday, uh, two and three Wisconsin at one and four Northwestern. Uh, this unfortunately, oh. the doldrums of the Big Ten. Any other year, I would say Northwestern. Yeah, I, know. I I really would, but it's just the position that they're in right now. That that's a tough place to climb out of there, right? So talent alone gets Wisconsin through this one. I can't believe they fired Paul Chris. Yeah, I, I was I was disappointed to see that. I think a lot of Paul Chris as a coach and as a man and what he's done with that program uh, over the years has been very respectable. That is notoriously an athletic department that does not put a lot of money into their athletics and uh they always make the most out of the least well his buyout is is pretty pretty, yeah no now you take 17 and a half million dollars i think it was and you go buy a boat or something (laughs) like that so good for him um also uh the nightcap game on saturday and i will get to two other matchups this weekend uh iowa three and two visits four and one illinois um that's a surprise for the illini how about illinois it's the almost just, got him going, uh, and I'm not. Look, I'm not like I, I. I expected them to get better this year. I didn't expect them to be in the position they're in right now, but they found balance. Right, it's something they haven't had in years. They found balance with Devito and Chase Brown. Right, to have the threat of a pass game, to have a one of the better running backs in the Big Ten, and it's like you knew, you know, you you knew Bielema was the type of coach for that job. It's a guy who. 
regardless of where he was at, Wisconsin, Arkansas, um, now at Illinois, like he's able to rally his team, right? He's able to build a team atmosphere, um, and he's done that already in Illinois. I think, look, I think Illinois wins that game. It's just because there's no offense at Iowa. Illinois is getting three and a half at home, um, and then two games that I know Penn State fans are going to be paying attention to this weekend uh, at 4 p.m. on ABC on Saturday. Number three Ohio State, five and zero visits two and three Michigan State. Ohio State is favored by minus twenty seven on the road. Mm-hmm. I said down here for Michigan State. I said it, uh, but it's, it's Ohio State. It's not even close. Yeah. And then the big one that all Penn State fans, of course, will be paying attention to because the week after Penn State visits Michigan this weekend, the Wolverines visit the Indiana Hoosiers. Of course, Michigan number four in the country, five and zero. Oh, uh, Indiana three and two. Michigan is getting uh, minus 22 on the road. That's at noon on Fox. What do you think? You know, Michigan. I don't think it'll be a problem. I mean, Indiana isn't. Indiana hasn't been bad. I mean, that's they'll they'll be ready for that game. They'll be pumped up. They'll be motivated for that game. That's just what Tom Allen is able to do with his team week in and week out. Like I think uh, I compare them to Rutgers, where you know they're going to be ready to play. They're going to be ready to battle. They're going to be ready to battle for four quarters. Um, you know, the, their rush defense has been okay. Um, so that'll be a key matchup: Michigan rushing attack versus this Indiana rush defense. But still, I think that's a that's a 20-point game. We'll see how the uh, the Big Ten slate plays out this weekend yeah. because on Saturday, October 15th, uh, you predicted it would be ESPN's college game day. Instead, Fox scooped it up. It will be big yep. noon kickoff. So Penn State at Michigan, likely two unbeaten teams facing off at the big house at noon on Fox on the 15th. We're going to have a full preview episode for that game next week uh, coming up in a couple of days, uh, especially for those of you who listen on Monday on ESPN Radio State College. We have a great interview coming up with former Penn State defensive back Lydell Sargent. So we're really excited to bring that to you guys. And then we'll get into full preview and reaction, uh, reaction of what happened this coming weekend and then preview of Penn State at Michigan. So the meat of the schedule is just getting started. Buckle up. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College on Mondays and Fridays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern for the remainder of the Penn State football season. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037, at McGloin QB11, and at Tom Hannafin. Pater is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Pater. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.